Welcome and thanks for tuning in. While you listen to this podcast and think about the topics that we'll explore, remember, the areas you're moving into are always most important. Plan well and move to protect others and yourself. That's how you deliver flawless service and move America safely. So enjoy life and enjoy this podcast. Alright, welcome back to another episode of Keeping It Rail. Travis here. Jason is off doing some other important work, so he won't be joining us for this episode. I do have a really special guest, though, for this episode. A guy who's been moving this company for 35 plus years. And that driver is Norbert Paul. Norbert, tell us how you got started in this business. I was a machinist. I went to tech school. Decided, you know, that's something I like to do. I like to work with metal, make stuff out of nothing, you know. And, well, my dad drove truck for many years, and I was looked up to that, going, you know, I'd like to do that. And my dad showed me how to drive a truck. I worked on the neighbor's farm for many years, so running bigger equipment wasn't, you know, not it wasn't as big as a semi, but I drove their big straight truck. I drove their farm tractors, which were pretty big size. So operating a larger piece of equipment wasn't even a factor for me. So when they dropped the age limit down to 21, Schneider was hiring at 21, where my dad worked. Well, they took me in and uh, put me in their training program. And the guy even says, he goes, he goes, you've driven a truck before a little bit. He goes, I can tell this. So we grabbed the trailer. We went, uh, we had to go get x-rays on our backs. And they said, the lower lining on your back is really thin. He says, you'll probably never make it a year in a truck. Hmm. So... I went back to my job as being a machinist. Then rail started hiring at 21 and I came here and they said, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll train you, put you to work and been here since, so. How many years? 35 years. Yeah. And they told me I would never make it a year at Schneider. So yeah. Um, yeah. that's what really got me. And my dad always laughed at that, you know, going, yep, 30, you know, I was in 20 some years when he was still working yet, you know, and he was uh, just uh, like, wow, he goes, and you're still going, you know, so. And how do you feel? I feel great. I've never had a problem in my back, never had anything, you know. I was, I kind of slacked off of my running. I was an avid runner for a while there. I was running 50 miles, you know, uh, doing a lot of marathons, half marathons, and banged out a few 50s, tried to 100 twice. When you do these marathons, where where are you running? What is the track? What? Well, some of them, the marathons are city marathons, If um, like Madison Marathon. Um, I did the Oshkosh Half. Um, some of these trail runs, the ultra marathons, and all those are um, down in the Kettle Marine Forest were most of them. I did one out in Afton, Minnesota. That was a 50K um, where the ski hill is. They do it run through the woods, through meadows, you know, so you're dealing with single track, little muddy trails, ruts, roots, rocks, you know, so there's a lot of hazards out there, but, you know, just keep chugging along type thing, you know. Wow, yeah, I do not do that stuff. And I prefer the actually the the trail running over the street running. It seems like it's easier on your body. It's a softer cushioning. Your feet don't take as a beating. The um, cement, yeah. And right. you get nature. You're kind of out with nature yep. and the trees. and The one I did air. down there in Illinois was all along the uh, Hennepin Canal. It was the Hennepin 100. That's the one where it was all um, hard-packed trail. Like it was not, there was no soft landing on none of that. And I think that's what really took a beating on my feet. That's what it hurt. I figured it out after was I should bring 
progressively larger size shoes with me because your feet start to swell a little bit. So when your normal fitting shoe feels good, your feet swell and they, they start making your feet hurt. So if I would have went probably to another half size bigger, I might have been able to continue on. That was another thing. I was analyzing that, and I'm thinking that would be a big solution. How do you stay hydrated? You bring some like something on your. Pack, oh, there's aid stations all along. Okay. So we got. I don't wear a camel back, but I do have the, the one bottle in my hand, and I wear the hydration belt with the extra bottles just so you have make sure you have enough, and then the goo packs and, um, and then the, like the ultra marathons, you're eating, you're eating all day, keeping food in you. So some people are like. You eating? Yeah, you're eating hamburgers. You're eating whatever they have. Grilling stations here and there. They have all kinds of food out there. Interesting. Now back to trucking. <laughs> okay. Uh, enough running. That's I, I've had enough running for a long time now. Yep. After hearing that 100 mile thing, I could never do that. I mean, I, if I had to, maybe, but I've never even attempted to do something like that. Uh, trucking. What have you seen uh, as far as the changes? The equipment has gotten to be. Oh, I 10, 20, 100 times better. We I started out with a spring ride truck and a spring ride trailer. And Did you have the crawl up space, the little crawl in? I had the cab over, yep. In the flat front? Yep. Oh, I yeah. had the cab over with the little tiny sleeper on it and the doghouse in the middle. Cozy. It was snug in there, yep. <laughs> Didn't bother me. Um, it was it was a job. You know, I got the truck, I got to go. You know, once we got the, the conventionals with the air ride and it got to be... Now, the air ride spread axle curtain sides are a big plus. It just takes the shock out of your body. You still get bounced around enough, but that's just part of the nature with it, even with air ride, because you're bouncing on airbags. We definitely could use smoother roads out there. Oh, yes. Yes, the trucks, the tr roads are getting to be war pretty bad in places. There's a lot of upgrades, but it's still, you get your sections where you know it's kind of, you're straddling right on the white line to avoid that the wheel tracks because the wheel tracks are beat up so bad, you know? Yeah. And that's a whole nother conversation. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. And we all experience that. Those of us who are driving a car or oh, yeah. trucks. Yeah. And another thing better, like better nowadays is we got the rail app, you know, and some people don't like it. I enjoy it. I liked it's just even sending the paperwork in is just, it boggled my father's mind back when we, when I first started doing that, it's just sending, taking pictures and, Sending it in because that's all you have to do now. I said, yeah, it's all simple. Boom, it's done, you know. Um, the pre-pass, you know, there wasn't that back in the day. The easy pass. I remember paying all, taking $100 and $200 with me every week because I went out east paying tolls, bridge tolls. Um, some of the toll roads we had credit cards for, which they eventually, you know, stopped doing. But it's, there's the changes have been quite immense, you know. It's, but we've been little bit by little bit been fed it, so it's not, wasn't a big jump. Where I know a lot of guys coming to trucking nowadays, there's a lot of stuff to learn. It's way more to learn than back in the day when we were doing paper logs and, you know, your father taught you how to do your log book when you needed to. And so now that that days are gone, you know, it's just you follow what's on the electronic log and, and it's still, I still enjoy that better than doing the paper log any day. It's, uh, you don't have to, worry you know you take off it goes within the drive line you're going you ain't gotta be like you know behind and everybody's looking at your log book i very seldom get looked at anymore because they know it's all electronic they'll look at them once in a while here and there just in ohio a couple months ago they pulled me over wanted to check my logs and all that and everything was good use so, the app to show them right i showed him on the app and then he says um he told me he said 
go into your, you told me how to get in there. And now I see they've added an icon on the screen with the little policeman hat that you can get it quicker. He goes, go there. And he goes, put this code in there. And he, I sent it to him, the logs directly. Yep. So, but I said, I can show you on the phone. And he said, no, we'll just, we'll just do it this way. And it was very helpful. I mean, it was nice about it. No, like, you know, wanting to, because I've heard that you can get a ticket for not being able to get that page up or whatever. But it's on the app, so yeah, we're, we're good. I, yeah, I as had long the, as the drivers out there noted yeah. that it's on the app. Like I said, I could show it. you on the app, but he, he insisted, no, just send them to me. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And I was laughing when he pulled me over. It was in Ohio, that's 70 mile an hour speed limit. And he goes, you know why I pulled you over? I said, well, you didn't get me for speeding. And he started laughing. No, just random. You're just a lucky, lucky number, you know? So, and that's why you got to uh, make sure you're doing your pre-trips and yep. route inspections, post-trips, making sure everything's good. Because if you do get stopped and they find something not good, they're going to go further. And Yep. Yeah, so that's the biggest thing is make sure your truck is ready to go. You know, do your pre-trip, not just, you know, okay, yeah, we did 15 minutes, let's go. It's make sure your stuff is intact. Because, like, you know, a lot of them officers they will see that anything hanging down or anything you know oh they know what to look for yep they definitely been doing know what it. to look for that's that's um uh, but they did just he just did a quick walk around on the truck make sure the lights worked and that and, and that's good and if lights don't work get them fixed that's the biggest thing yeah you can call into maintenance support through the driver line uh and get guidance on how to do that if you don't know how oh exactly yeah and most of those lights on the trailer nowadays years ago we just changed incandescent bulbs but now they're all leds so if the light's bad, you'll have to get it, you know, the rivets drilled out and the light replaced or the wiring checked, whatever. But a lot of the wiring's hidden on these trailers too nowadays, so. You have to get routed through a terminal or yeah. to a shop out there. Maintenance support will be able to help people. Oh, yeah. They definitely can do that. You That's, ever had to call into maintenance support and get some assistance? Uh, my tire's fixed. Um, I had air leaking on a trailer, you know, just call it in and get, you know, had, um, uh, I don't think I ever had a brake chamber replaced, but I, oh, I had an airbag you know, with a blue and air bag, you know, and got assisted with that. And, and another thing is, too, I've noticed this more and more, is people have laxed on map reading. They don't even carry a map with them. They rely on the truck PC. Co-pilot. Yes, and they write, you know, Google to get them there and there. And it's like, when the system goes down, what are you going to do? Like, anybody has been out here for a long time, yeah, you know all your roads. You don't... For the most part, don't even have to look at a map to go anywhere. You don't need the co-pilot. Um, well, you know what they're going to do? Fleet manager. Yep, exactly. And <clears> if you don't know how to navigate, that's is one thing. Get them navigation skills up. Just by uh, go through your maps. Look where your cities are in relation to where you're at. That's a big thing. And once in a while, I'll get a city. I've never heard of it. You know, I'll look it up on the map and kind of eyeball it that way and then see which way they're routing me to it and seeing if it's a good way to go or not. That's another thing is you could be out in the middle of nowhere. And sometimes if you know the roads that are going out that way, you can go, that's eh, not a great way to go, you know. But you, you can, have to factor in the fueling, right? Yep. It's yep. certain times depending on depending on that. Oh, yeah. and Because uh, well, we fuel at certain places that we get better prices, right? Yep. But the thing is, if it's going to put you in a bad road or something, it's better to take a different road to get your way out of there because I've noticed that where – just experience of going into West Virginia, for example, there was a state highway went or a U.S. highway that went to this customer. And the guy says, he says, don't go that way out. He says, go down further, take this other road, come out. It's truck route. 
but it ran along right along the river on a flat where you weren't doing the switchbacks and all this and that coming out of there. And it, you made better time, even though you added a couple of miles to your trip. Now, when you do something like that, do you let fleet management know then? No, I just take that route. If as long as it's a truck route, I don't worry about it. I figure I've been out here long enough. Me and Ryan have been, um, we've discussed stuff. And I said, I got a better way to go. Um, I said, this is the way I'm going. And he says, I, because I, I have faith, you know, know that you know what you're doing. And I well, said, yeah. and I've checked the mileage. And sometimes it's only like a couple miles difference. And I said, I don't expect an extra mile to, to, for pay, but I just, this is an easier way to go. It's in a, a more fuel efficient route because you're not pulling all these hills or stuff like that, you know. For drivers out there that don't have the experience that you have, uh, probably a good idea if they hear somebody say go this way or if they think this is a better way, talk to fleet management, right? They would be better off going with fleet management because, plus too, if you rely on Google Maps, it's going to put you in a world of hurt. Well, we never want them to use no. Google Map, right? No. That never. Not know it. I wouldn't they follow that. They don't do that. truck routes, do they? Uh, they don't have truck routes. They don't have low bridges. That's how you get pulled over, and that's how you get exactly. put out of service or something, right? Exactly. And you're, what do you, then what? Yeah, then, then you're the one facing the fines because you chose that route, which is not a good thing to do. The follow the co-pilot, like, especially, you know, I'll go into an area I don't know. I will follow the co-pilot, even though it looks like, hey, I could take this road and cut across. I don't take that chance because that's on me then. It's uh. If it's restricted route, weight, especially weight routed, weight restricted routes are the worst. The no truck route isn't as big of a deal as the weight weight restrictions. But they're both big deals. Yes. You don't, yes. yes, don't do them. Yep, exactly. And talking with other drivers, if you're going into a city, where was a good place to park? You know, sometimes you can't always, you know, some customers you can park at, some you can't. Always get that confirmed, too, before you go to the customer and realize you can't park there. And then you get yourself in a bind of, where do I go now? Uh, major city, any truck stop around a major city is, like, don't count on that being your final place to stop. Um, usually those fill up the first. You know, in, in trucks going in and out of that major city have... Uh, are usually get, some are getting there earlier. Some guys are coming out and just stopping. Uh, try to find yourself a decent place for you know. Give yourself several options and like when I I run East Coast all the time. So like coming back across to Ohio, if I if I know I'm going to be in the state of Ohio, I know where all the the service plazas are. I know the mile markers they're at. I already got that calculating in my head. How far can I get? But I don't leave myself with. You know, I can make it there with two minutes to spare. That's not going to count. cut it. If you run into a traffic backup, you could sit in an hour. So when an hour hits, I'm looking and going by what, where should I stop for the night? I always have several options in mind. And that's usually, you know, that comes with trip planning. It's just figure how many miles you can possibly make it, not going by 65 miles an hour, not going by, going by 50, 55 miles an hour. And then use that for a reference. And then when you get closer to the end of your day, sure, maybe you've already made it that far and still have two hours to go, have a backup plan. Always have a, a place to figure out where to stop at. That's my biggest thing. And um, when you drive for a while, you'll realize, you know, the pilots, the loves, those are always full real quick in the night. If you can find this mom and pop truck stop, them are usually the ones where you can find spots. TAs have bigger parking lots. It's... Um, but they also have a lot of reserved areas, but some of them are, like I said, it's not always a given, like you get down by Nashville, 
that don't have a great big parking lot. And most of it's uh, prepay parking, you know, or pay for parking in there. So the free spots are full. There's you're, you'll if you can get in there and find a spot, good luck. So that's one of my biggest things is you've got a trip plan, and um, utilize your time, stay efficient. That's the biggest things. And then if you need more time, you know you're gonna get that. You know with your get with your fleet manager. Don't just sit there and run out of you know be late. Well, you know I had this or that. No, be on top of your game. Don't don't be dragging way behind and trying to compensate after a while why something went wrong you know and if they if they run behind uh the time the the uh scheduled delivery time uh get ahead of it the minute you know you're going to be late contact fleet management let them know so they can let the customer know yep and don't get in a rush don't ever get in a rush that is some of the biggest problems people i've known had the one guy you know is always in a hurry and it, it come back to bite him, you know. It uh, He had stuff go wrong. He had accidents, stuff like that. And that's because being in a rush, he had load shifts because of being in a rush. It's like, take your time. Don't, there's always tomorrow, you know. Yeah, you, if you're consistently late, then the problem is falling on you. But you're late here or there when you're first beginning. Yeah, it's, ex, ex, it's expected. You're new to this game. It's not... Uh, it's not something you're going to be perfect at right away. You run into snags. You run into traffic, you know. Sometimes, you know, people don't have a concept on really how to calculate that. And and is there a concept? I mean, it, it's it's difficult, right? I mean, it's you very difficult. You can listen to the news and traffic updates, right, and check those 411 type sites, right? Exactly. Check, you know, get your traffic updates. And I always allow an hour to an hour and a half, depending for any major city I have to go through. If I got a travel through them. I allow an extra hour for the city alone just because I know that sometimes you couldn't be, you can eat up an hour really quick in traffic. And like this morning coming here, I told you it'd be there between nine and 10 and I was here what a little after eight. Well, I was allowing for delays at the shipper, allowing for travel over here. Um, and it didn't have that. Well, but it's better to be early than late. Yes. I'm always, I'm always an advocate of being early. I've never, I don't show, I won't show up late unless I'd have like I said, I've already sat eight hours in traffic. And then it's traffic. then it's get on with the fleet manager and let them know. Yeah, they'll take care of things yep. and just take take it easy, right? That's exactly right. I spent the whole night on a highway in the middle of winter. Um, guys have jammed up, you know, got wrecked in front of me and snowing, and yeah, they pretty much told me. The guy come by in an emergency vehicle said, "You're going to be here all night." I said, well, "I'm good. I got make sure to keep food, water in your truck." Something to eat, you know, all year round because accidents happen all the time. It's not uh, just isolated to winter. You know, keep stuff with you so that you are prepared. You know, put it in with your prepared to drive. It's like have stuff with you in emergencies, you know. And some people don't. Some people just, you know, just don't figure we'll just get at the truck stop or whatever. Life is going to be good, but it's, it gets to be where stuff does happen and, People aren't prepared for that. It's probably better to have food anyway and cook on your own. You can control what you're eating and all that exactly. stuff. And we'll get into that in a moment. But before we do, I want to go back a little bit to uh, the, the preparing to drive. Uh, so do you still write down routes or how do you do your – what do you do as far as doing for your pre-trip? Me, before it was always, you know, write down the routes, look at the way to go in there, especially when we didn't have, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have GPSs. 
We had maps. We called the customer and get directions. You wrote all your directions down and made sure you were clear with them. And we should still be doing that, our drivers, right? Yes. That's still, that's, that's like, that's still, that's still a way that should be used. Yes. In addition to the new technologies. Especially when you're dealing with job sites, it's, uh, the address of the hospital, let's say, is on the front street, you know, the street where the f- hospital faces, but you need to be on this back street where you have to go through all these different streets to get there, and there's only one way to come in with a truck or whatever. Always be clear of where you have to enter this job at because sometimes uh, it, it'll be totally, some of these complexes are so big, you're way on a different street, even though the, the address of the, the building is on this say Main Street, but you're on 2nd Street, you know. So what do you do? Call the customer or uh, call the customer, and verify the directions. Yeah. Write them down, take notes. Yep. And like a lot of customers have, we have the directions in the, um, in, in with the workflow, with, yep. the, with the assignment. So I'll, I'll even verify them. I do use the Google Maps to look at the customer's lot. Google Earth? Well, Google, Google Earth, either one. Um, I will just go to satellite view yep. and then look at the where the where am I coming in and then kind of look if there's a gate there or you know if I can come in on that street sometimes stuff changes you know um sometimes customers change they'll change change their uh, gates and do you always call the customer not all of them not the steady customers I go to the new ones the, the newer ones yes um some customers I haven't been to in a long time it's all comes down to keeping the customer happy and you know, delivering a product there safe and you know intact, and not um, have falling off the trailer or whatever. You know that all reflects on everyone. And sometimes I go to these customers where we get newer guys going in there, and they have trouble backing in, like into a truck well. And I'll back it in. And the guy goes, "Wow!" He goes, "We don't see that too often." The guy just shoots it right in there. I said, "Yeah, but I've been doing this 35 years. If I can't do that in a real good timely manner, then there's something wrong." You know. But it takes time to get better. Nobody's perfect on their first couple of years. It's, and for these new guys, don't hurry and try to get better, right? Yep. Don't rush it. Just take your time, even if people are mad. I remember backing in with my first load into a truck well with a load of pallets down in Waukegan, Illinois. There wasn't enough room to get the truck straight to the truck well, and plus the front front of the truck well tapered to where the actual slot went in. So you got this big door, concrete tapering in at an angle on both sides, going into this truck well. No power steering with the cab over, trying to back in there. I'm having trouble. And the guy looked at me, this is 8 o'clock in the morning. He goes, we go home at 3.30. And I just brushed it off and just kept working at it. It just takes a while to develop that skill. And um, you're backing into a dark truck well like that too. Get out and look. Don't be afraid to go in there and look. Stop. Take a flashlight, lay it somewhere in there too, if that's going to help you. I've done that at night. Uh, laid a flashlight by the loading dock so I had something to line up to back up to, you know, and use use what you got. Use your resources. And maybe get a few flashlights. Yep. Have them just maybe lay them out like a runway, right? Yep. That would not hurt at all. Sounds awesome. And uh, it's, uh, it's like I said, it's just not rushing. Don't don't ever get in a hurry. Don't, oh, I got to get, get going and, you know, half-ass strap your load. Do it right. Oh, that's when bad stuff happens. And, and you know, if I get in a hurry, like I'm in a hurry, right? I need to hurry. Yep. I'm like fumbling stuff and it's yep. not good. Exactly. Now you're talking, you're in a big truck. Yeah. You got a lot of weight. So there. it's like a human thing that happens when you hurry. Oh yeah. It's, it's people make mistakes, you know? And if you miss your, if you're coming up to your exit and you're seeing it coming by, don't jam on your brakes. Don't try to back up. 
go down the road and turn around, come back to it. It's know? usually easy to get off an exit and get back on, right? Yep. Go up, you know, go up the next exit, do the left, you know, say left turn, left turn, and get back on and come back. But you see so many people do that with their cars to even zip, you know, zip three lanes across to get off a ramp. Big trucks I've seen do it, you know, a couple lanes. And always be prepared for that. That's what I got. You can never stress that enough. That's something you got to learn is watch the vehicle, watch their antics. You see them starting to like come a little bit to the right. You know they're coming to the right. Eventually, they're going to do that. And it's, what do you do? You just get off the power and kind of... Yep, kind of wait. back out of it a little bit and just kind of feel them out, what they're going to do before, you know, you get up alongside of them, and then all of a sudden we have an accident, you know, which could have been avoided. Oh, and I've seen stuff, drivers, you know, where they they know the person's going to come want to come over, like some construction happened in a recent safety yep. video, if you've seen that yet. Yep. Um, yeah. And they just keep going. Like, just, I just don't even let the person. I just leave a big gap. Let them fill in. A couple more come alongside. What the hell? Let them in. Um, and you still make your good paycheck, right? And make your miles. <laughs> My God, yes. I have no problems with that. You know, and, and leaving that big gap, yeah, you're going to have more people cutting in front of you. Yeah, well, deal with it. Just let them in. Why fight them? I've watched enough of those videos on YouTube where, you know, a guy will um, – we merging on, and you know both are just strong-headed. No, neither one's going to give, and they're riding side by side. One guy's on his shoulder, and prove what, you know? Yeah, it's nasty. Uh, before we move on to eating in the truck, uh, do you still write directions down? I'm talking like each turn. No, um, most of the customers I go to, I know where they are. Okay. Um. I have co-pilot on all the time, and it's mainly to for distance, you know. So I'm kind of watching how far I got to go, how much time I got left, you know. Uh, when you do it steady customers, I will write them down for customers I'm unfamiliar with. So the uh, every turn? Huh? Yep, yep. Put, you know, take a right, take a left or whatever with this street, that street. Or if it's at a stop sign, those I go to the next stop sign. I will jot them down and reference that. But for the most part, so many of these customers I've been to multiple times, um, I could shut the GPS off and just drive to them. I couldn't tell you where the roads I went on. I just know where I'm at. Yeah, you know? the, the landmarks and stuff. <laughs> yep, yep. See, I was just getting at for drivers out there listening who are new. Uh, most of the locations they're going to are new. So they're going to be wanting to do what you do when you go to a new location, right? Yes. You want to write down all your turns. You Don't know? rely just on the technology. No. What happens if that GPS, you're... Like I've had it go down the road or that the truck PC blanked out. What are you going to do now? Because everything's gone. I'm looking forward to the new uh, devices that IT's working on. Oh, okay. Have you heard? No. Okay. When you are done with this podcast, when you're, uh, you got to tune in, keeping it rail, got to Google keeping it rail and listen to the latest uh, John Poppy episode, okay. IT, VP of IT. Listen to that. Okay. Yeah. So they're talking about putting together uh, the hardware. So building this thing from the ground up, a device, the oh. hardware and software. Yep. Nice. Touch screen. Nice. Uh, oh, yeah. So, yeah. But that's the thing is well, that that blanks out on you. You're halfway to your customer. Where are you going to go? you got five more turns to make those little bridges if you don't make the right turns. So, and it's find a safe and legal place and probably call fleet management. Yes. Or or uh, get your map out. Yep. Um, some of them customers I've had in... I had to go to Northwest University. I think it's Northwest University on the top side of Chicago. 
And there was only one way to go in there. And it was making a right turn, a left turn, a right turn, a left turn, avoid this bridge, avoid that bridge. One way. You think I had my directions written down? I did. I had them all well written down because I wasn't relying on anything other than what the customer told me. And it brought me right in there. But there was so many turns to make and to avoid this bridge on that street. And then the other streets are restricted. So, yeah, and, paying attention to what your customer tells you is very important, too. Yeah. And what you do in your pre-trip, right? You're mapping your, your, yep. when you prepare to drive. That's exactly right. In addition to inspecting your, your equipment. Inspecting yep. your equipment, making sure your equipment is, is good to go. And uh, looking at your route and noting it if it's new every turn, right? Yep. And then just the time that you'll save listening out there, new guys, uh, or anybody listening out there who's going someplace new and isn't familiar with it, the time you'll save by writing it down, even if you have to pull off to a safe and legal place, at least you can pull out those notes, collect yourself, and then continue on without having to do all that routing, right? Or call fleet management and then work through that and time, time, time ticking, right? Get get everything clarified, written down, and study that. So, too, a lot of that you'll have memorized – or, you know, it'll pop off the top of your head where you're going, okay, uh, look through that road a couple times so you're not, like, trying to read and drive and, you know, going, okay, no, where am I supposed to turn next? So. Yeah, you definitely don't want to do that. Yep, exactly. And then, like, too, like the co-pilot, yeah, use that to assist you, but don't depend on it. That's the thing. Yeah, it's an, it's an extension. It doesn't yep. replace things. It only helps you with your guidance, yes. More tools just, yeah, makes yep. the job easier. Definitely. How about, uh, I guess let's move into eating. How do you eat? What do you do for cooking? For I have all my food with me pretty much. Um, I make a lot of stuff. Take, I make a lot of stuff so I have leftovers to take with me. I freeze a lot of stuff too so that way too um, um, I have a co- electric cooler in the truck. The Burton I use a lot. That What is this thing? It's a little, looks like a little lunchbox. You can get them right on Amazon. They're... Um, Road Pro makes them. They're, Burton was the company that originally started them. They look like a little square lunchbox, a rectangular lunchbox, all lined with aluminum. They heat up to 350 degrees. And then you, I was buying the foil. You can buy the uh, foil um, tins that fit right in there. But I found out just use aluminum foil. I keep everything in plastic where and then just dump it in and then line the thing with aluminum foil and it works just as good. And plus, Easier to clean? Uh, throw the foil away. Yeah. The Really, those. Stove itself don't get dirty inside because you never put nothing directly in there, and wipe it out, you know, after every use, and it works good. I've went through a couple of those over the years, but I keep that. I keep my water, soda, um, gallons of water in the truck. I'm a coffee maker that saves a lot um, every week. I can have the coffee at my convenience, and especially if I'm at a customer where you don't have anything to get, you know, you can have. I can always I have coffee every day, so. That's one of my biggest things. And keep dry goods, canned goods, always emergency foods in the truck because uh, you never know when you're going to need them. And if you run a little bit longer, yeah, keep a little bit of everything, you know. And the, the coolers work great. I've never – I've seen some people – if you look at some of these um, blogs where people, oh, my God, you know, they only keep it such, such, blah, blah, blah. We get food poisoning. I haven't been sick yet from my own food, so – well, some guys got the college fridges, you know, yep. like the dorm room fridges. Yeah, they don't recommend them in our trucks because if they're actual refrigerator, um, I think I'd be plugged into a wall outlet. Plus, most of them won't function well bouncing down the road. I know a guy tried one one time, and 
that movement seemed to not like a refrigerator. A regular refrigerator did not like that. And the little dormant fridges, I know real don't want us to have those in the trucks because those are constantly drawing way more power than than these little uh, electric coolers. And these electric coolers are are they cigarette uh, lighter? Yeah, they plug in the cigarette lighter. Yes, and then you can also get an inverter at home to plug them in the wall and to, you know get them pre chilled before you take them with you. And then like when I travel to my to truck, well, I plug it in the cigarette lighter of the vehicle. And well, the new truck I got don't even have a cigarette lighter, but it's got wall outlets. So I use the inverter in there to uh, so I can plug that in and keep the refrigerator chilling as I go to work. So that works. Yep. And then like a lot of this stuff, these leftovers I freeze. So plus you're already pre-cooling with the frozen food, and by the time you're ready to eat it, it's thawed down, you know. But if, I've never had a problem with anything. Unless the refrigerator quits, it quits. I mean, igloos were about the best. Uh, um, Coleman has those refrigerators, but they only the motors only last about a year. But on a good note is you can go to Amazon and order a computer CPU fan. You just got to find the right size, and you can just replace the fans in them. I've done that. And they're usually only about to last a year, and you're replacing fans. But I've had igloos, and all those are a little bit more money, but they last longer. I've had a couple. I get like three, three, four years out of them before the motor will go out. You can get multiple sizes. You can get smaller ones, bigger ones, and... I said that really cuts down. You don't spend like I, some weeks. I don't spend any money on the road, so yeah, good savings way to do it. What do you do on the road to keep yourself entertained? Um, when I was at my serious running, I didn't really need much because I would, you know, always get my good sleep in, and then the morning running was always my thing. So, so then you know it was like you kill some time there, and most of the time you're taking a ten hour and going. So. You don't have much over 10 hours. I like to get, I actually enjoy that getting my sleep and. Um, sleep is healthy. Sleep is yes. good. And I watch a lot of videos. I had, used to have a TV in the truck. I was just going to ask you. Then I took it out. Then I had it in there and I took it out. I don't have one in there currently. What's, what's the reason for the yes, no kind of. I didn't really was into, I, for years I'd watch these, all my same shows, you know. Then for a while there, I didn't even watch TV. And then it was like, well, why even have it in the truck if I'm not watching it? And right now, I just don't. I can watch a few YouTube videos. I like to watch my few car guys on there. Just on a mobile device? <clears throat> on my phone, yes. And uh, that's good enough. I can listen. Most of them you can just listen to. You don't even have to watch them as far as that goes. Cutting back on TV and devices, you know, the flicker rates and all that stuff. I mean, it's like strobing your oh, brain. Yeah. It's, probably not, mm. it's probably a great idea. Oh, yeah. Yep. I noticed too. Sometimes if I look at too many... Look at the phone too much, my eyes feel blurry, you know. Well, it's, then, it's strobing, flicker, yep. the flicker. They, yep. they say, the studies say, uh, what, 60 hertz, uh, you're gonna, your brain's going to feel it, but your eyes aren't going to notice it. And then 100 and, 120 hertz, I think it is, uh, your brain doesn't notice it as much, so it doesn't cause as much strain. Oh, okay. So there's the, the hertz and the flicker rate. Yep. Have a lot to do with that. Whole I believe that. Yeah. I know I said people that stare at a computer all day usually have headaches all the time, migraines. Flicker. It's yep. a strobe. Yep. I get that now, yeah. Because if you ever try to video a screen, it flickers. That's yeah, like LED lights, too. They flicker? Oh, yeah. You ever watch a video with the vehicle sitting there, the little LED lights on there flickering? Yeah. Well, I've recorded some with the drone up in the air, you know, driving by, yep. doing some of those shots. You can see it flicker. And I, yeah, from the point of view of a video guy, I don't like that because yep. I, I don't like that. That's not, doesn't look good. Yep, exactly. But yeah, that's, uh, 
like the the podcast stuff. Yeah, I'll just listen to and be doing stuff in my truck, getting my coffee maker ready, and you know, it's just paperwork. Catch that all up, make sure that's all scanned in, and um, by the time you get you stop, you do this and that, get your try to get eight hours of sleep, and you know, I always get up early before I have to leave, so I'm well awake. Usually, I have my coffee in the morning. You know, that keeps me gets me cheered, uh, perked up, and that caffeine. Yep, give my little caffeine rush, and then. I'm good to go, you know, and it's like there hasn't been too much time uh, as far as where I go and I'm totally bored. I don't know what to do with myself, you know. Uh, I get a few days like that. A lot of times I'll just sleep a little bit longer. Then it seems like to make the day, the night go quicker, you know. How about when you're on a longer break, like home time or anything like that? What do you like to do? Oh, I'm out. If it's weather's good, I'm outside. It's lawn work, keeping my vehicles. I got. Well, between the, my two girls have cars, I have actually three of my own. I cleaning, waxing, maintaining, maintaining stuff. You know. Do you still do metal work? I haven't done any metal work in years. I wish I could. You know, wish I could get on a lathe, the milling machine. I've done that stuff. I've got a welder at home. My dad passed away in November, uh, December, so I was living there with him after my mom passed away because I got divorced quite a few years ago. And now I'm took took over the house, so now I got to do everything. And uh, so uh, you know, there's maintenance on the lawn, uh, lawn tractors, stuff like that, to get ready for the spring. I got to plan get my garden put in. That's a big thing. I love my gardens. Um, Vegetables. Oh yes, we do. You got fruits and eat like fruit plants. No, we don't have any fruit plants. Well, tomatoes, if you want to go that route. But um, I do a lot of tomatoes. I grow a lot of beans. My youngest daughter, who I. All of a sudden, she's like, hey, you got any more of them green beans you had? You know, because I freeze all my beans. Yeah, I could get you green. I didn't realize this. Every time she's, I got her for the weekend, we make, we have green beans, you know, and I love green beans. So I grew a lot of them in the garden. And then my dad had planted all these trees years ago. So I'm going to start managing that a little bit more. He, we got this little mini woods, we'll call it. Um, he was going to plant them for Christmas trees. And then he decided to put too much work into them to cut them down for Christmas trees. So there's a lot of debris laying in there. So I'm going to go in there and start working on that stuff this summer. I got some of that stuff working already, but do um, I got a brush uh, wood chipper for the John Deere tractor. So I'll clean up the brush and stuff, chip that up and blow it right back in there and do a little bit of my forest management, so-called. But there's always stuff to do. I'm, I watch a little bit of my couple of TV shows that I do watch. Um, and then it's... Work, work, cook. I love to cook. I've been, love to smoke stuff, love to grill. I cook a lot. And uh, even my sister, she goes, holy cow. She goes, I didn't realize you were such a good cook, you know. And I'm like, yeah, I've been slowly working on it. I used to, when my father was still alive, he was, uh, he, I'd prepare meals so he had stuff to eat all week too because I didn't want him to be having to prepare anything. He was always prepared or he'd go to a restaurant. So cooking has been become a big, big function and cooking well not just opening a box of mac and cheese and heating it up you know and there i made supper no no we're going well beyond that and i've gotten to be where i can go to a place now and i go and i can make a burger just as good as this i'd put my burger right up alongside theirs and go i think mine's better you know but watching these cooks cook well using good ingredients is a big factor that i've learned so you like uh, gordon ramsay watching his stuff i don't watch gordon ramsay i actually watch sam the cooking guy okay. on youtube and 
he does some phenomenal stuff. And sometimes I don't use all his stuff. I just use some of his stuff. And there's another, uh, Julia Pachenko, I think is her name. I can't know how to pronounce her last name. But watching some of her crockpot meals even, just to make something up, you know, is... Uh, you do crockpot in the truck? No, no, I don't. No. I just a lot have, of guys talk about doing that. Yeah, I used to have a carrier crockpot just for heating stuff up, a mini one. But the Burton stove is way quicker. Um, half an hour, everything's hot to eat. So this Burton stove sounds like the go-to, huh? It is. And it's it electric? Is. It just plugs it's in a like cigarette a lighter. Uh... Yeah. And you just... See, you can, if you close the lid and lock it down, it'll warm up a lot quicker in there. When they're new, they obviously work faster than when they're older. But you could put frozen, say, soup in there in 45 minutes. It's 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 hot. It's it'll burn your mouth hot. So it's 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 an efficient way to do that. So you always got time. It's never a rush to eat because I got stuff in there all day, all week, you know. So you ever do any vacations? Through the years? Well, me and my daughters, we went out to Mount Rushmore. We went to Dollywood. My, my daughters are so used to me being a truck driver. Riding in a car for them for long hours is not a problem. When we went to Dollywood, we took our time. We left the one day, went a ways down. The next day we were there. And with like Dollywood, if you come in after noon or one o'clock, I don't remember the time, you get to come back the same next day with the same ticket. So we had planned to do that, and we had a great time. And then the morning we left, I says, we'll be home tonight. And they're like, okay. <laughs> you know, so as long as you can drive it, Dad, we can ride. You know, So they're used to that. We did Mount Rushmore. We I think three days we were, we were gone. Half the way out there, mostly out there first day. And then second day, we went and visited Mount Rushmore, Crazy Horse Mountain. Say anything the ladies like to see, you know. No, that was good. We came back and uh, we stopped a ways back, and then the next day we did stop at the Spam Museum, which they thought was kind of a joke. Till they went there, they thought it was actually pretty cool. They thought it was just we're gonna look at Spam, you know. There was a lot of interesting facts and stuff there. Stuff like that, though, it's always uh, that those unexpected things are like. But then it's like fun. Yep, yep. They thought it was actually pretty cool. They they got back. They're going, yeah, that wasn't so bad, Dad. We thought it was pretty decent, you know. And so we haven't done many. We do a lot. We are season pass holders at Six Flags down in Great America. So we go Illinois? there. About, Illinois, yep, at Gurney. So we go there about seven times a year. We got the flash passes, everything. Um, you go on the coasters? Oh, yeah, I love them. I love <laughs> them. It's the need for speed. It's uh, the faster it'll go, the scarier it is, the more I want to ride it. You know, and the girls are the same way. It took a while to get my youngest one where she wasn't scared. Now she enjoys it. Now she just loves it. But. That's our that's our deal, you know. We go like say seven times a year, and it's I'll drive down there in the morning. We try to get right away there in line so we can get you know main rides in. And in the afternoon we come home and we'll we'll go do that. On vac- when I'm on vacation weeks, we'll do that like Toys during that week. And we were down at Six Flags in Dallas. By Dallas, but it's Arling- Arlington, Texas. Yeah, we were down in. Yep. Yeah, we were down in Arlington at the Six Flags. We never ventured to any other ones. I said the only thing we had done was Dollywood, which was was really fun too that was i want to go out to cedar point check out some different ones but now my daughters are getting older they're actually having lives you know so it's getting to be conflicting schedules and oh yeah it's tough to find the time so the six flags is always the the go-to right now and they're happy with that they enjoy that we went to uh, my wife and kids and i went to mount rushmore 
and stayed at this place called Under Canvas. Uh, and it's like fancy tents with like showers. Oh, and, yep. And uh, when we walked out the door, you could see Mount Rushmore like off. Oh, okay. And in the evening, the winds were like gushing through there. It was like, it was crazy. Oh, oh yeah. It was fun. I know I was laughing when we went to Mount Rushmore. You know how you, you drive up there. And I told my daughters, I said, look to your right. And how you can just see it and just boom, right in your face. And I remember going there as a kid, and it's it's really a change since the last time I'd been there, the viewing area and that. And it was kind of cool. They saw found the Wisconsin, because they got all the states listed and stone there and stuff. They had to find Wisconsin, you know. And, and then I didn't even realize that, well, after now that they got that road you drive around, and then you can look at the side of uh, George Washington's head. I did, we did not do that. They had a viewing area there, and I'm like, wow, I don't remember this. You know, I think it was pretty primitive because it was like 40 years ago, you know. So it was quite a bit changes. Of course, Crazy Horse Mountain, they haven't, <clears throat> they got the face done now after 40 years. <laughs> so I remember going back there, there was nothing done really. There was just, I suppose they're trying to generate revenue to pay for it. I guess that's where you, things go, but yeah. a little disappointed. Thought they'd have more done on it than what they did in how many years, you know, but it was still interesting. Even just driving out there, the daughters, you know, that's was st strange for them too, like going across South Dakota where you got nothing for how many miles, you know, just this, you know, we don't fathom that. If you just, you never leave Wisconsin, you don't know what's out there, you know. And it just kind of blew their mind that there's just, you know, there's no cities, you know. And if you want to stop at a city, you got to get off the interstate and go north or south because it's not right there. It's, most of them are off the beaten path, so. There's a lot of space, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that was one of the most of our travels we've done. We've never flew anywhere because I figure, well, if I can't drive there, we don't need to go. And, uh, but we still have enjoyable times. We, we always find stuff to do. Nice. So we have a question that we're asking our guests. The question is, if you had a dinner party and you could invite three people and they could be alive now or not alive now. Who would those three people be? Wow. Well, I got to think on that one. One of one person I would invite is Kyle Busch because he's my favorite NASCAR driver. Love him or hate him, he's stuck with him since he was really starting the truck series back in the day and then he couldn't even race trucks because he wasn't old enough. They Lowered that they raised the age limit so he got kicked out for a while till he could be old enough. I guess that guy, um, that's one guy I would definitely like to have hang around. One person I'd like to have invite back is my mother, who never really got to experience my good cooking. I've, I've had her good cooking, that's where I learned a lot of good stuff too. You know, I follow a couple of her recipes and uh, I could show her what I can do nowadays. You know, she never really got to experience my. I never had a smoker before, you know, so that's really a bonus there. And smokers are kind of a new popular thing, aren't they? Yes, yes. And I got the pellet smoker, um, which helps maintain the heat, you know, and keeps a consistency. And it's, When you get that ring around it, right, the meat? That, that's... Oh, yeah, I smoked a brisket. My sister gave me that challenge. She goes, I want you to do a brisket. That was 16 hours of smoking, and it was amazing. Um, I took pictures of it. I had the, the smoke ring, had a real good smoke ring in there. I have smoked baby backs, you know, and, and roasts and that. But um, 
Yeah, that was that was one of the things. But I'm trying to think of who would be my third person. Wow. And you'll have to listen to past podcasts before this to hear what other people say. Yep. And you can catch uh, Jason and my uh, guest uh, once yep. a few episodes back. I will check them out for sure. I'm just trying to think of who would be my third person. That's that's a that's a tough one. I would actually like to invite one of them TV chefs. I'm just trying to figure out just for a dinner party going. Um, I like that guy Sam, the cooking guy. He can come early and help you. Help me or just show him what I've learned from him. You know what. Where I've progressed from where I started, you know, it's 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 a big, big difference, you know. Yeah, that'd be about it. I'm I'm not thinking of anybody else who I could bring into this, you know. No, oh, it sounds good. I mean, people have said like George Washington, uh, some musicians. Uh, yep. So there's a good variety. Yeah, I don't follow anything else that close, you know. Like I said, I I'm, I'm more of a Work on stuff, think on stuff. I don't listen to music when I'm working on stuff. I don't listen to music in the truck. People go, how the hell can you drive all day with no radio on? I said, I'm a thinker. I'm like my father. I've inherited that from him. Thinking of what am I doing here now? What am I, you know, what do I need to do? I think of stuff that projects I need to work on, how I'm going to solve them problems, and kind of scenario it, you know, and just brush on it and then let it go. Brush on it and let it go. That's the best way I can resolve problems is all of a sudden I'll come to my head going, hey, what about this, you know? So that's kind of a, I'm a, more of a thinker. I'm, I listen to the truck go down the road and that's about it. I Once in a while turn the radio on, but seldom do I, I have that volumes even up on that radio in the truck. Oh, that's how all problems are solved or that's how all things are progressed. Yep. Thinking. Yeah. Thinking think, them through clearly. and Think them through and then scenarios. You know, if I do this what will happen with that, you know. Um, fixed a lot of problems that way. Also, an idea popped in my head out of nowhere going, hey, <laughs> I remember that one now, so yeah. What keeps you here at rail? Lots of things. Um, don't, don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say I didn't ever think about quitting. Um, truck drivers always think about quitting. Uh, whether you're going to go somewhere else, you you think, oh my God, them guys got, you know, fancier looking trucks. Those guys drive faster. You got to prioritize. What's their pay? What are they getting paid? Always research before you jump. I've seen so many guys quit and come back. And I think that's been one of the, my biggest deterrents from ever thinking about going anywhere. Rails pay is amazing. It's phenomenal. Go look at what other companies pay once and then, you know, think about your your, your pay benefits um, include all that, you know, and longevity is a big thing. Stay with the company as long as you can, as long as you will, because like when I, when I went to get a home loan, I was building a house back in the day when I was married. I left the bank. They, they called me up before I even got home and said, yeah, you're approved. A lot of that becomes longevity of being with the same place for so many years. And the income is good here. I mean, it is great. Um, and another thing with rail is in 08, 09, when 
the recession hit, the building recession hit, that affects a lot. That is everything. That's the heart and soul of this country. Whether you're pulling a van or you're pulling a flatbed, you're pulling a curtain side, even some of the reefer stuff, um, you it's all affected. Uh, people aren't t- making stuff for houses. People aren't buying construction lumber. Uh Cardboard boxes, everything comes in cardboard boxes. Well, that that takes a decline because people aren't buying the products to build the houses and all that. But when we went in that, that decline, rail never parked trucks. Rail didn't cut our pay. Sure, we had less miles in a lot of weeks. Everybody did. And we're kind of experiencing something similar right now. Exactly. This, it's been a slowdown in certain areas. Um we'll fight through this. We'll always be a survivor because this company is well run. It's, they look after the driver, you know, and like I said, they weren't going to park trucks. Sure. Like you said, you make a little bit less couple, you know, some of the weeks we were out there because freight was slow. I mean, you got to face it. You can't be discouraged. If we're slow, everybody else is slow. You're not going to go, Oh my God, look at their trucks are going. Well, them guys probably are making more miles per week, but they're making less money than you just did. You got to look at that too. Some of these companies just don't pay anything. And those guys are hauling all kinds of cheap freight everywhere. And it's just not profitable. And you watch down the road, they won't be there. I've seen many companies, oh, start, you know, these trucks come flying by and they're making, oh, they're making good money. And then 10 years down the road, you don't even see those companies. It's like a fad. Yep. Yep. I've seen a bunch of guys quit here, go to a company out by Eau Claire. I don't even remember what the name of it was. They're no longer in business. So, you know, stick to what you know. Stick to what's good. That's why I stuck here. It's, I go in the office. Somebody's going to know me. When I walked into the banquet the other week, Rick looked up, say hi to me, you know, and people are kind of looking at me like, who are you? I don't show my face around very often. Usually I'm not out of Marshfield, so I'm not here, you know, People don't recognize me, but people are kind of looking like, how does Rick know you, you know? Yeah, well, then they realize they've been here 35 years, so that... Probably knows you better than them. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, we had our, you know, is it ups and downs here? But for the most part, it's it's been the equipment, the pay. It's it's, it's all good. Um, Everybody knows me. As far as, you know, my fleet manager that always addresses me, respects... Even on the fuel island, you know, I know they at least, he looked in the computer, my truck number, got my name, but sign Norbert, you know. I'm like, that that means a lot when your people are acknowledging you, not just get out of here, you know. So, the but when you've been here long enough too, you get to kind of pick and choose where you want to go. It's not saying that, you know, you, choices are good for everyone, but when you're kind of, they know which way you want to go, or hey, we got this or that, which one do you want? It's like a synchronization of things Yep, that takes time. Exactly. It's just like experience take, you know, you, you, you gain that uh, experience to back, you know, efficiently. It yes. takes time. You can't hurry into it. Yeah, give your time, you know, and put your time in. And just because something went wrong this week doesn't mean next week's going to be bad. We know? all have crappy days. Yep. I, I laugh and watching my daughter mature. She's working at a grocery store. She'd complain about her job, but she went to work every time, you know, she was required to. She actually was a manager when she went to college, you know. But I looked there and go, I said, you know, I'm so proud of you. You 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 don't call in sick because you want to go party. You go to work. You 
You do your job. You complain about it. I said, you find me one person that hasn't complained about their job. Find me one. I said, good luck. I said, everybody has a bad day. You know, I said, no matter what you do, you always have something to complain about sooner or later. And trucking, yeah, it's just gets to be where people just want to job hop and that's not good. Stay with, stick with one carrier that you're going to, you know, be with and not to uh, just, oh, the grass is greener there. And then you realize, oh, I guess it wasn't as green. I didn't do my research, you know. And there's so much more than just cents per mile. That's what a lot of people just exactly. focus on. The fancier trucks, the faster trucks. The amount of miles. Yeah. Don't always look at that either. Our trucks are nice. There's nothing wrong with our trucks. Norbert, what other advice can you give drivers out there, newer drivers, even experienced? Well, when you get to your customers and you know you got to, like with a curtain side, you know you got to open up the trailer and you're off the road, you're in their parking lot and you're waiting in line, get your trailer open up. Get prepared to load also so that reduces your time there. The forklift driver's not waiting on you to open up your curtain. Sometimes them older curtains pull a little hard. They take a little bit more time and get that curtain bunched up to the back, get your poles moved so that you're you're prepared to go. And some of the customers you hit a second time that you know you've been there before, you know exactly what to do, Start opening up your trailer on a you know especially a nice day. Get that trailer opened up. Get your straps taken off that you know you got to take off for that that customer. And um, once you get that rapport going with that customer, it'll all just be like clockwork. You'll you'll spend so much less time there, and yet you can still talk with the customer because you know them that well, and you can talk while you're getting unloaded. And it's just avoiding delays is more or less what I'm getting at. Is the more time you take, the more guy the next guy takes. You know, it just takes longer and longer and longer as you go down the line. You get yourself ready to go. And um, I've, I've done that at customers, too, where I've helped out flatbedders. They weren't even our company drivers. I helped them pull their tarps off or, you know, help them fold them up and that. He goes, oh, you're a nice guy. I said, well, I'm just trying to get him moving quicker so I can get moving quicker, too. It's like, don't be afraid to help someone and then help yourself, too, that way by by helping them out. You know, and there's nothing wrong with helping somebody just because it's good good Samaritan part, but... Um, Always look at that going, you help them get going faster, you'll get moving faster. Excellent, yeah. Being prepared is the biggest thing. Always be preparing for things. Yep, always always be on top of your game, you know, and then once you get to know the customers, but it's like hauling lumber, you got some of the lumbers, some of the customers you need your dunnage blocks out, some you don't. After a while, you'll get to know the customer. Always ask them before you start, uh, when you get there, you do I need dunnage? And if they say, yeah, then get your dunnage out, don't. Wait till they're coming with the lift, and then it takes a while to get the block. So it's always makes everything go smoother that way. Now, if it's raining, pouring, snowing, whatever, bad weather, how do you deal with that as far as getting like a curtain side opened? I will get the curtain loosened up and not have it open so their, 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 their stuff is not exposed to the weather. And then get the straps off that I need to. Say if I got a customer where I'm just going to take the back two straps off and their stuff's all back there. Get the straps rolled up. And then pull the curtain open when they come. Um, if it's a real light rain coming straight down, I don't have to worry about anything because the roof protects it. But anything, you know, windy, snowy, always keep the curtain closed and then just pull it open as you need to to keep the product protected. Are there any times where they just can't unload it because of the weather? You have to wait? Um, Yeah. If you got a customer that's got to come out in the lot with smooth tire forklifts and there's six inches of snow on the ground, yeah, you're probably going to have to wait. It's the forklifts can't maneuver that stuff. Some of them can't, you know. And it's, um, I've had I've had run into stuff like that where we we've got a problem. I went to Cleveland last not last winter, the winter before, 
and there was a foot of snow in the road, or close to it, and the loading dock was packed full of snow. There was cars stuck in the road, and I managed to, we got worked our way down and got to the customer and had to wait till finally at four. The guy who worked there in the shop told me, the boss man will unload you. They got to just got to get the dock cleaned out. Quit snowing. And it took till late, but it was like four o'clock in the afternoon. The guy had me back in the dock and unload. It was a dock unload at that place. But when there's four feet of snow in the loading dock, you can't back into it. It's not going to work. So they got it cleaned out and backed in and they got me on my way. So you got to be patient. Weather, weather can be a big thing. Weather, traffic, things that you can't control. Yep. Patient. Yeah. Especially, uh, Weather and the and the accidents, you know, you get a big truck, a couple big trucks jackknifed in the road, you're not going anywhere. Just prepare to wait. Don't make your life miserable by getting all angry. Don't pay to get excited. It's not going to make them get out of the road any quicker, guaranteed. Just relax and let your fleet manager know you're delayed. That's the bigger thing. And things basically. will pick back up then once that's cleared up, right? Oh yeah. And you'll get that paycheck. You'll get you'll get you'll get your job done. It's just sometimes it takes a little bit more effort. Before we close this off. Let's talk a little bit about the safe seven and bonuses and uh, performing well uh, and getting those bonuses. Well, at the safe seven, you know, if you you watch, look through them and actually pay attention to what it says, not just that it's a line, it's an acronym, stuff like that. But you'll catch yourself doing that going, oh, I, I expected him to do that. You know, that's following, expect the expected. And, and the following distances too, keep you know, keeping a safe distance and always, you know, keep a lookout is is part of your job. I mean, it's just uh, the the further ahead you can look, the the, the more you can predict what's going to happen. You can leave yourself an out. That's another thing is people not giving enough room and then preparing to drive. That's another thing is just even that can follow into when you're driving down the road. And that's we talked about that the whole yep. episode, a yep. lot of the episode. Oh yeah, and then like too, where people I remember guys years ago would be mad because. Oh, they stole my bonus or they took my bonus. And I'm like, dude, they didn't take your bonus. You didn't earn it. That's the thing. It's not a given. It's an earned. And then I would always like to interject the line of, not that you didn't do your do a good job. It's just that you didn't do what was above and beyond expected of you. And, and if you have a, a freight claim, you have an accident, how can you expect to deserve a bonus? That's for not having preventable stuff where people just don't, get that once you've you've earned it so many times you think it's an automatic given and it's not specific things unfold in specific ways that are always the same just like a math problem right you see a lot of repetition um with with driving and stuff happening right in front of you and that's another thing too is expect the expected when you're if you're, you have to do load securement like in a flatbed or curtain side look at that load look how it could move that's another thing prepare for that and then secured more properly to avoid that situation. You've got to think and strap, think and strap, and look at the load. Can it, which way can it move? So that's that's preparing right there. Is and, to, and you can use the app, take pictures, get support, right, from oh, fleet yeah. management if you need it? Yeah, if you're unsec- un, un, unsure of what you're doing, don't be afraid to take pictures. Don't be afraid to call in. Um, don't assume that things are good if you don't know for sure, right? Exactly. If you see a guy you know is an experienced driver has hauled this a lot, that's another thing. Ask them. Don't be afraid to ask questions because that's the worst thing to do is not ask questions. Um, what do people think? What do people, how would they do that to make it safer for you to haul that load, you know? And that's another thing. You just got to 
Don't be afraid to ask around. Yeah, yeah. All right, Norbert, anything else? <laughs> Not that I can think of right now. Nice. Thanks for being here. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Send our listeners off. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Keep the shiny side up and the greasy side down. Nice. Tune in next time. Thanks, Norbert. Thank you. Thank you.